0: Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today, along with his guest, industrial engineer David Jones, Philip talks about the future of manufacturing. Here's Philip. All right,
1: we are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna test out some si- some sitting episodes. Uh, so, test it out with my man David Jones the second, the second, the, the second, second, second version, <laughs> number two, two point That's it. Um, and we are gonna be we're gonna do a four episode series on the industrial uh, industry, um, which you are. Uh, Heavy into so I enjoyed Absolutely. our conversation at Starbucks. I was like, we gotta gotta talk about this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Looking forward to it. Thank so, you for having me. Uh, my, my pleasure. So if, if you don't mind, though, let's go ahead and uh, give your background so everybody knows who who David Jones is.
2: All right. So uh, again, name is David Jones. Thirty four years old. He was born in rural northeast Arkansas, a town called Jonesboro, Arkansas. Born and raised there. Attended the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville for college, where I studied industrial engineering. So a question that often comes up is, how did you find yourself uh, into this industrial stuff? So when I first went to college, I studied uh, biological and biomedical engineering because I thought I wanted to design like prosthetic limbs. I don't know why I wanted to do that, but that was my goal at the time. Got into it and decided that wasn't for me. Uh, Come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, Started my life as an entrepreneur. That's kind of a different thing for a different time. But long story short, I wanted to still have the prestige of being an engineer, while not really being an engineer. So industrial engineering at my school is basically like a business engineering degree. So I got the prestige of saying I'm an engineer while basically getting a business education. Uh, From there, I was able to get a couple internships just because I needed a job in college. They both happened to be in an industrial setting. Got into just uh, being a tinkerer and liking to work with tactile things. It was very interesting. Like the first factory I worked at was for Frito-Lay in my hometown, which is their largest plant in the world. Mm. Um, Again, very rural, very agricultural-heavy area, so it makes sense, but it's like you never think about where do your potato chips come from? Where do your Cheetos Mm -hmm. come from? That was just interesting to be to see Mm -hmm. and get that exposure. I go back to college, the next year I had another buddy, worked at a metal factory. I had never thought about where these metal products come from. You know, they just appear, and I didn't know anyone who did that growing up, mostly agricultural and food-related things. So uh got there, and it's like, oh, that's that comes from somewhere. And I just got kind of obsessed with it from there, and I've been doing it ever since. So that was in 2009, 2010. Huh. So I've been doing that since then, nonstop. Nice, nice. So
1: so that's an interesting uh, background because, you know, and we probably won't go there for folks, but, y- you know, you kind of think about where everything comes from, and you— uh, you know, you, you you I think the 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 theme I'm hearing is like you like to learn elementally how everything is built, you know, from the from the basic building blocks uh uh of probably like
2: creation all the way up to Yeah, to, to, to the present, present moment. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. kinda like that. What is required for a thing to be that thing? And then doubly so it's it's recognizing As time went on, it's like, well, all those things existed in some form. Mm -hmm. But how were they they utilized at this time to create this thing? Mm -hmm. And I find that process very interesting. Um, And also understanding how simple it is at times. There are certain things, and there's some things that appear to be very simple that are incredibly complex, and you just wouldn't. I don't think it's intuitive to think that way. Mm. Like you might see... a tube for instance on this it's like oh it just appears you know the machine that makes that tube is literally running miles of this tube a day otherwise it's not worth it to set up it takes 3 or 4 days at times to set that machine up to produce that tube so it's I got a chance to work in a tube mill had never thought about it it's like wow that's incredible you just go to Home Depot you buy one you get on <laughs> Amazon and it's there without really understanding where it came from and how it started is just a sheet of steel that's forged into that shape no, and welded together, yeah. Makes complete make sense.
1: So I'm going to get to my first question. So what what emerging technologies do you think will have the biggest impact on the industrial industry in the next five to ten years? And, and I'm going to set it up with the context of, right, you know there's obvious challenges. I know there's obvious challenges because a big input into industrial is labor. Mm-hmm. Um so under that context you know I'm so
2: saying, I'm curious about your answer to, to that question if i had to put um uh, industrial in my case manufacturing metal manufacturing specifically within the industrial environment um the one emerging technology I think is gonna make the biggest impact and is making a huge impact is additive manufacturing. So hmm. kind of the difference between su- subtractive manufacturing, which is how most things are made, which is you start with some material, you take things away from it. Like you take a sheet of metal, you cut some holes in it and then you bend it and then you do some other stuff all together. That's kind of subtractive manufacturing. That's how most things have been made. You take a table, you start with a tree and you whittle it down to this table. Hmm. Uh, additive manufacturing is starting with the basic building blocks of material and forming that up into the thing that you want. So think 3D printing specifically. So that's a technology where you can create incredibly complex and specific forms of material uh, without a lot of skill. It's all in the machine. You just decide if you can model that thing and have access to the technology and the materials, you can have that thing. Uh, in as little as a day. People are 3D printing at home now. So I think that at scale is going to transform a lot of uh, processes and applications over the next decade.
1: So so this is, I'm, I'm glad you said that, because I've had a question on 3D printing. So is it, and I know it's not as simple, but explain it if, if you can, as simple as possible. So if I say I want to make, um, let's think of something that I know 3D printing can make. I want to make a stand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it as simple as then figuring out, or let me go on the internet? Let me figure out all the materials needed for the stand. Let me uh, get all the materials. Then let me t- design it in. Get my design it in the computer the way I want it to look, and then the computer with the 3D
2: printer will talk and build the stand. That... So so basically, there's uh, there's two basic types of technologies that I'm familiar with. And there's other, mm-hmm. but these are two dominant forms. There's metal printing machines and plastic printing machines. You can't get a thing made out of metal and plastic out of the same machine, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make that whole stand out of plastic, you would just design a model. And maybe you just want it to be a tripod that doesn't move or anything, like a little phone stand. You could just print that out of plastic. Boom. So you get into a 3D modeling software, you model that up or you buy a model or you source a model from an open source platform somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to be exported into a language that that machine can interpret. And what that machine is going to do is then or some software is going to slice that into layers. Mm -hmm. The thinner the layers, the higher the fidelity or the more like closely the actual thing will represent your model, got it. The the grosser that fidelity or the thicker the layers, you'll get done faster, but it may it, you'll see the lines. Got it. So basically, it just takes the thing, turns it into slices, and it literally prints down a layer material at a time. Mm-hmm. There's different ways that those machines cure and set that material, but that's basically how that process works.
1: Got it. And and it, and if you wanted to
2: be super fancy, then you probably
1: want to say, all right, these parts are metal, these parts are plastic. Here's the plastic design. Here's the metal parts. Maybe the screws, mm-hmm. and then and then you just kind of assemble, assemble it after yeah. you.
2: Okay, exactly. So that happens in a lot of applications. There's lots of products that we use every day that are 3D printed. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a, if you you know you're getting those Invisalign braces, those are 3D printed. There's all sorts of medical devices that are 3D printed because everybody's body's different. And it was difficult before to, you know, find someone who could machine this thing and get it cast into the right shape, or you could just model it up and print it. And it mm. comes out more or less ready to go, yeah. depending on the technology you're using. Now that's dope, man. We 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 definitely are
1: gonna continue to the conversation on the next segment. Uh um if if you have some some way that people uh like uh if you want people to reach out to you, mm-hmm. Uh, For any questions, let everybody know where they can reach out to you or get a hold of you. Uh,
2: The best way you can find me is on uh, social media. So there's kind of two accounts that I run. One is my personal brand account, and that's the Black Business Cowboy, hence the cowboy hat. Uh, And then the other one is called Urban Grower Supply, which is more of an agricultural project that I've been working on. So I would encourage you to find me there. Or if you want to direct dial, you can shoot me an email at david at industrial. That's number four, W. A-R-D, industrial.com. Definitely going to talk about the agriculture too. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you.
0: If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk.